Hello all monsters, and uh, welcome to today's episode, we've got Chloroform with us. Hello again! Hello, it's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, it's good to be back. Yes, it's good to have you back there. Today we'll be talking about the movie called Malignant, which came out in 2021. I know it's a 2001 then, I was like, no. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm pretty sad it's 20, yeah, 2021, I think. My brain just had a melt for a moment then. <laughs> <laughs> I've been getting a lot of those recently, so... <laughs> <laughs> so you understand but yes this is a gems one movie it's available on amazon prime at the moment which i was quite surprised about when i saw it so i was like yes i get to finally watch it i can review it with someone and it made i literally thought of you because i was like this is so mental you would enjoy this <laughs> and honestly it did not disappoint it took me it took me on a ride i will say that and just when you think that it's you know, you've kind of got it sussed out. Oh, no. Oh, no, ma'am. <laughs> like, you have not got it sussed out. It was really, really good. Like, really good. Oh, yeah, by the way, this this will be a spoiler warning, so we will go into details because there's just so much that goes on in this film. Yes, yeah, so there will be spoilers, unfortunately, because to actually really, really talk about the film we will be giving a lot away. So if you haven't seen Malignant, from us, it is highly, highly, highly recommended and you need to go and see it and then you can pop back and listen to us chat about it. As a a nice little thing, would you like to give us a, a, a brief synopsis of this film? He says his name is Gabriel. I think he's someone from my past. Whatever happened to you before you joined our family hurt you in a way that I can't even imagine. Stop saying that. Maddie, who are you talking to? Gabriel. Is he your imaginary friend? Imaginary friend? He's the devil. It's about this girl that, well, it all starts off in a mental hospital and there are all these doctors like performing some sort of, what is it, like electroshock therapy? Something goes horribly, like horrifically wrong and you don't really see what's going on with the child. And then it fast forwards to now and it's about this girl that's like, you know, she's in a really, really shitty relationship. She's pregnant. She's trying to, like, you know, have a family. That's all she's ever wanted. And her boyfriend, unfortunately, is an abusive piece of shit. Bashes her against the wall. And then later that night, he gets killed by an evil force. And, of course, that evil force, she then comes face to face with... And then afterwards, she starts having visions of people's deaths by the same person. It's basically going along why she can see this person murdering and why they're murdering certain people and all the connection, what what it has to, like, what the connection is to her. I must say, the way that it was done, 
I couldn't really think of like any sort of like plot holes. I mean, it got to a point like in the film where it was like not ridiculous, that's the wrong word, but like just so outrageous and just so <laughs> I can't believe that that like that this actually is happening right now, but it happened and there was no real plot holes there was no continuity errors really even though it's a very ridiculous film by the end but it's like it's ridiculous but it's also really actually quite freaky and quite fucked up but also did you think can this actually happen like is this a thing that is like medically plausible i actually have an answer to that so there's a podcast that i listen to i'll highly recommend everyone else listens to this it's called the uh, fear response podcast and it's uh, a brother mm. and sister that run uh, that run it. One of them works with children in the medical field, and the other one works in like a psychiatric ward, I think. Okay. And they actually talked about like mental health and like medical procedures and things like that in, in horror films. Mm. And their explanation about this film, they said, okay, they did the breakdown on certain things. Like, okay, technically it's not this. It's unlikely this would happen. That's not the right name for this situation, but this is how you'd break it down to try and diagnose them with things. Yeah. Pretty much, it's like it's highly unlikely, like because people with um born with like with the twins kind of like one isn't quite formed right, and the other and they're just attached to each other. It's likely that the yeah. um that either they won't live as long how they are, or one of or the or you just absorb it. Okay, so it's unlikely, but it's not impossible. I mean, it's... How do I describe it? It's... You can get tumours where it's kind of like it forms human attributes, where it's kind of like that. you see tumours with, like, teeth and maybe hair, but you don't really get a twin like that. You know, it's not going to take over your brain. It's not, it's like, it's not going to take over your body. It's more likely that really you would sort of have that physical connection to each other, but you wouldn't take over each other's bodies. Okay, that kind of puts my mind at ease because the thought of that is extremely terrifying. Like, as soon as it was like, kind of, so the big reveal in the film is why she can see all the visions and the people getting murdered and why she, why the police think that she's connected to it because of all the like shit that's going on and it all basically points back down to her um is because she has an evil twin that was born there i can't remember the scientific name for it but it's where the twin is basically fused with uh the fully formed uh fetus basically so with the fully formed baby there's like a twin that is still attached to them um but in this case it was attached to the back of her head and it had like functioning arms a spine and everything and what in the beginning of the film what they're trying to do is basically make the in you know, make the undeveloped twin sink back into her skull get rid of the arms and everything so that like she would never know and he'd basically just lay dormant. Uh, but when her abusive ex-boyfriend smashed her head against the fucking wall, uh, because he's a piece of shit, it woke him up. And then the the twin on the back of her head is the one doing all of this. That's why she has no recollection of it, because he's basically blocking it out and making her fall into like... It's kind of like a weird 
sleep like trance, isn't it? Like because when he's in control, he can just block her out. And that's why she has no recollection of any of this happening. Yeah, it's kind of like a forced hallucinations. Yeah, kind of like that. So, like, she'll think that she's, like, at home just doing laundry, but he's actually out on, like, a killing spree. And it's it's very well done. I will say that. But what I did, like, I mean, the thing that I found really freaky is because, obviously, he's, like, his name's Gabriel... Uh, because he's on the back of her head, the way that he moves his body, he moves everything backwards and it's really, really unsettling to watch. <laughs> yeah, it's when you s- realise, like, why are these movements so weird? Oh, it's because the joints are all moving the wrong way. <laughs> yeah, and when he was, like, swinging off the buildings and then he was, like... You know, like, running and the way that he would, like... Like, everything was done backwards. And it was just... Oh, it was freaky to look at. Because, I I mean, I'm thinking... Your body ain't supposed to move like that. Why is it moving like that? (laughs) And I just... Like, it made me feel very uncomfortable. But, like... I think it was really clever the way that they actually did that. Because, of course... He's on the back of her head, so everything would have to move backwards. So that's the only way that he actually knows how to move. Instead of trying to control the front of, you know, like, control her brain on her side of the body, it's actually just easier to move backwards for him, because that's all he'd really know how to do. Yeah, I mean, I like the fact that this film doesn't take itself seriously. Like, it act- it's not that kind of film. Like, it does have that kind of that tone to it it's kind of like you can tell that it's meant to be a bit of a giggle what i really appreciated and i think you you would have probably appreciated it too was the nod to cheesy 80s horror in the very beginning like it was very brightly colored and very sort of like over dramatic and it reminded me of a lot of those not like not body horrors but like you know there's like mad scientist kind of horrors in like the 70s and the 80s and i thought that it was a cut like the beginning of the film was a kind of nod to that and i really appreciated that yeah i loved i love that beginning scene i actually made a note saying great opening scene plenty of action the opening music on the initial credits in the film absolutely mm. banging music like i was literally bopping my head to it while i was listening to the music <laughs> Strap him into the chair. You've been a bad, bad boy, Gabriel.
He speaks. That film actually had like a banging soundtrack. And I think as I like, because I wouldn't, I wouldn't go as far as saying that it's a black comedy, but it is, it's definitely a horror, but there are some moments in it where you just kind of go, oh, this is just getting silly now, but... But I love it. <laughs> exactly. Like, you're so invested in it already. Like, and I think, like, because what they were trying to do, of course, was, like, do the whole, like, mad scientist, but also meet the orphan, well, the supposed orphan that had no recollection of her previous family, her previous life, and the family that she's with is all she's ever known. Because do you remember, like, her sister genuinely thought for years and years and years that that was her birthday because she's always been there. And Sydney um, was born into the family. So Sydney's always known life with her, so she never knew that she was adopted. Because remember when she tells her, she's like, you know, I don't remember anything from my previous family. And she's like, wait, what do you mean previous family? Like, what do you mean? She's like, I'm adopted. And I'm like, imagine finding out that your older sister's adopted like that. <laughs> I like, I must say, if that was me, I'd have way too many questions. And I wouldn't know where to start either. But yeah, I like the, uh, it's nice that Madison was kind of like, yeah, I was eight when I was adopted like your mum had you like a year afterwards and so it's kind of like she wouldn't have known and it's just that there was a lot of things that Sydney didn't know like the fact that really Madison like hid the fact that she had had uh, miscarriages in the past and that really she was that Derek was being the ultimate dickhead yeah, like, because was it what was it that he said? Like, oh, oh and it really grated me. Like, uh, you're killing our babies. Like, whenever you get pregnant, you kill you kill my child. Yeah, and it's just like you know. Do you think I want to stay with you when you keep killing like killing my baby? And I was like, oh, and that's that's the moment where I was like, I hope he dies. And hey-ho, what do you know? First one to go. And do you know what? When, like, he, like, when Gabriel appeared, you know, was, like, haunting him and whatever, and then, like, went to kill him, I literally was just so deadpan in the face and was just, like, deserved. So was I. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of wish Gabriel did more, if I'm honest with you, because it was the fact that his head was turned all the way around. I wish there was more. Like, all the rest of them got freaking, like, their skulls obliterated. Their stabby stabs, but all over. And I'm like, and you just twisted his head 360? Really? Come on, Gabriel. (laughs) Come on, you bastard. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but yeah i just i i like that but for me it, when i knew that he was like uh that derek was going to be a knobhead was when uh when madison switched the tv off when she came home early from work and derek just gave her that a look uh, and to me that says right well, either he's going to be an absolute douche and just be funny about the tv being switched off or he's going to get physical and it was like oh it was when he had the tv on full ball wasn't watching it and then she turns it off because she was trying to have a conversation with him. And then he got up and, yeah, he had that look. And I was like, oh, oh. Like, and then I was like, hope he dies first. Can't. Like, <laughs> <and> then, yes. 
<laughs> and then he did. And then they discovered his body and everyone was like, oh my God, it's so tragic. And I was just like, good. <laughs> good, he's a knob. <laughs> Honestly. However, props to the actor for doing it very, very, very well because it made me hate him. <laughs> yeah. It takes a certain... It, it's difficult for people to portray abusive cunt convincingly yeah because it's not in like a lot of people's nature and i mean oh who was it that said the same thing it was she wasn't abusive but it was on the dragon queen on game of thrones you know the blonde one uh, yes 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 i am daenerys stormborn of the blood of old valyria her that mm. when she went to i think it was either the first two premieres or something for like the first and second series and she was getting like booze and like dirty looks and that because she was like a massive cunt. But it was like, now I know that I've done my job correctly because I made people hate me. And I'm like, yes! <laughs> and that I had to give props to. Yeah, it's kind of like, yes, I can be convincing. Fantastic. Exactly. It was just like, yep, I've done my job correctly. I'll be taking that paycheck, please. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, like, I thought, like, the way that the murders were carried out as well, I just thought, like, one, extra. So extra. This is one of those films where they're not going to shy away from brutality. It's not quite head in a bread slicer, but, like, it's close. I love that you brought that one up, because I always, after we talked about that death scene in a previous episode, I always think of you when we talked about the... <laughs> That fucking, (laughs) that death scene is stuck in my head, like, and it literally, it's not like PTSD, but like, honey, if, if, if you just get random flashbacks. (laughs) Honestly, I'm like, every time I watch like, um, like a horror film with a murder scene now, I'm like, oh, it's not so bad, actually, because nothing will ever be as bad as that. (laughs) Oh, this is. There's just, there's just certain scenes where you see it and it's like, oh, that's going to live my head rent-free for the rest of my life. So the death scene we're talking about is in uh, Fear Street 90... Oh, it's the, it's the one that's in the 80s. And uh, it's, the first, it's the first one of the series. And I remember my boyfriend was in the next room and he was like, he was playing these games and he had his headset on and everything. And I was in the bedroom oh, no. watching this film. And then that scene happened and I was like... Oh! Oh, 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 like, because I just was not expecting that. <laughs> Basically, this girl gets her fucking head, like, put in a fucking bread slicer in a supermarket, and her, and her fucking entire head just goes chop suey. And, oh yep. my god. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was literally just shouting, like, ow! And to a point, my boyfriend came in and was like, what's going on? Are you okay? And I was like, bitch, got a fucking face slice with a bread slicer. Like, it was like, what? <laughs> Watch the screen, please. Honestly, and I'm like, oh, she got her face. Oh, she ain't gonna have no open casket no more. Oh. <laughs> oh, oh but Honestly. Oh, and that doctor, she won't have a fucking open casket either because she got her face pummeled in with her own Oh, God, yeah, she got mullered. <laughs> God. Like, absolutely mullered with her own trophy. Like, 
Imag- imagine that beaten to death by your own accomplishment. Oh God! Sounds like the death of an overachiever. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the questionable shit she did. I mean. Mm. Come on, I mean, she did something. The rest of it was just a bonus, really. I mean, to be fair, I bet that her head looked like a like a vast bean mull of ice that had been mixed up by the end of that scene. Honestly, it was when it was when he like because I thought that when he picked it up because like obviously the trophy is in the shape of like because it, it's got a sword and like a rose and thorns going around it and it's on like a big marble like uh flat thing. Like, I wanted to say brick, but it's, it's basically like a, a marble... Base. It's a like, base. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like a marble base. That's the word I was looking for. And, um, Beautiful biscuit base. <laughs> that he was going to stab her with the sword end, because y- you would think, you know, pointy, oh, I can use this to stabity stab stab. But no, uh, he went for the base end and absolutely pummeled her head in. It was when they were doing the police investigation, wasn't it? And they're then finding out that the people that are dying were involved in what happened to Gabriel because for some reason Gabriel still remembers them. Even though, although saying that though, that would be all he, that would be where he would remember from, wouldn't it? Because yes. that's when he was made to be dormant in, Mad- in Madison's head. Like that would have been all he would have remembered were those doctors. And then obviously, 20 odd years later however long it was that obviously when he woke up that would have been the first thing he would have remembered a comment that I made was who the hell designs a trophy like that i mean i did have questions about that actually i mean why would you make a trophy just so weapon like <laughs> honestly the first thing i would think of if i saw that trophy i would think that's a weapon <laughs> that's what I think as well. That's what I thought when I first saw it. I was kind of like, "That's a good stabby thing." And that yeah, base looks like it could do some damage, and it's kind of like, "Have I seen too many horror films, or is this like, or was that a design flaw if, if someone actually made that thing?" In it, and then they thought, "Oh, this is a perfect. This is just a really well constructed trophy." No, bitch. It's that's that's a weapon if I've ever seen one. Like that is that is literally gonna go in somebody at some point and not in a sexy fun way that's going to be a stabity stab stab like it's a sword with a rose and thorn with a massive marble base like that's gonna be a weapon yeah like it's not gonna be sexy fun times it's not gonna go into yeah it's not something that's gonna happen where it's kind of like oh it's gonna go into like a hole that's already formed no it's going to make a hole and make you bleed (laughs) (laughs) yeah legend Okay, I do have one question as well. When I saw the house in the beginning of the film that um, Madison and Derek have, I thought, if mm-hmm. the house was inherited or the house was a fixer up it because it's huge, how did they afford that house? Because it looked like Madison was the only one that was working. I don't know, but give me that house in Malignant. I mean, that house was stunning. But, like, yeah, I, w- I was kind of thinking, like, if it was only for, like, two people at the time... And, of course, like, when she was pregnant, you know, waiting for a third, that's still, like, a massive house. But then again, in America, the houses are always bigger. So maybe that's just kind of, like, a standard. Because they were in um, Seattle, weren't they? Seattle, Washington, which, of course, is quite an old, like, historical town. So I guess 
that's just maybe like a standard size house maybe like maybe like a standard family home but i mean for us in the uk that's a big fucking house yeah it is (laughs) that's that's a really big house but like i mean the first thing that i was thinking was when like you know you saw like the house's interior and like the exterior and like all the decor and everything i was like give me that house (laughs) however saying that that also looks like a house that somebody has already died in. Yes. <laughs> it is definitely giving those vibes. Though I do say, when, uh, there was one particular scene in the film where Madison is like running around the house thinking that someone's broken in. And it's like a bird's eye view that the camera uses and it goes through all the rooms that she does, but from above. Oh, I love that. I, I literally watched it like, oh my God, that scene is orgasmic. Like, it was just so well choreographed. And the fact that it really you get to like, it, see each individual room as well. And it's just kind of like, oh yes, all oh, that flooring looks nice. Those walls are nicely decorated as she's like running for her life. And uh, and I was and I was like, oh, there's a balcony overlooking the living room that leads to the bedroom, and like, I was I was looking at. Go back in the previous room. I didn't have a good look. <laughs> in it, that was like literally. That's what I was thinking. I was just like, show me this house, yes, mom. Like this, that was a. Uh, is, there, is there a basement? <laughs> it's when the sister is um because. The sister, like, you know, she has to go to the mental asylum uh, or the, the, like, institution or whatever it was where Madison was a child and they were trying to treat what was going on with her and Gabriel um, before, like, because obviously he was taking over her, like, entire body and was, like, talking through, like, radio and it it, it was a whole thing. And you remember when she went to the asylum to like see if there was like any notes or anything and then was looking on the like directory board and was like records office basement and then she just looks at that she just looks at the thing and it's just like obviously <laughs> of, course. of course well why, why would it be anywhere else of course it has to be in the most creepiest and darkest and most condensed fucking space in it, like if I, it's like if it was me, I'd be like in the basement. I'm like, oh, do I have to? <laughs> like, can I, can I not just let this slide? Like, do, do, is it a necessity? Like, do I have to go into the basement? And like, honestly, like I, I was just really surprised at, um, like how many of those like record because obviously they, they would have left it in like a hurry, so they would have left everything there because i mean if you look at like a lot of old um abandoned like places of authority especially like um uh buzloja in bulgaria is a good example actually so buzloja is a very famous old ussr base um in like it was abandoned when the ussr like completely disbanded and it looks like a giant fucking stone spaceship it's really cool uh but when the ussr fell apart they literally just upped and left so, like, everything was still there. So you had all of these, like, old computers and, like, file cabinets full of papers and, like, paperwork just fucking everywhere um, that was just left there. So I kind of thought, like, oh, you know, they've actually kind of thought into this that they wouldn't have taken all of those records with them because 
of course, there was some questionable stuff that went down in this asylum. So they would have just left everything there. Um, but what what I was actually thinking originally, and you might have thought this too, actually. Do you remember like the begin the very beginning scene when they show the uh, the institution? The first thing I thought was Arkham Asylum. I did think that. I also thought of the the remake of House on Haunted Hill, where it's just this big fucking building on the edge of a cliff. Yeah, I was I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah. Like I thought the exterior of that building looked like Arkham Asylum. Like you just see it and you're like, of course it's gonna be in that kind of location. Where else would somewhere like that be? On top of a stormy mountain in the middle of nowhere. Why would it be anywhere else? Oh dear. Although I am wondering what building they used for that because I mean it could have it could have just completely been CGI created. It might not actually be a real building. But like that building was beautiful. I think the outside was CGI. The inside I think might have been set built. Yeah. So so I think I don't think the building is itself is actually real, but it is still a very impressive building. Yeah, I love the architecture that this shows for it. What were your first thoughts in, so, you know, in the very beginning scene where the doctor then goes, you know, let's cut out the cancer and you kind of see behind, you know, you see this, you see the lights behind the curtain and you can see this like really deformed figure. What did you think was going on at first? I kind of thought, right. This is either a a tumor that can that is mutated, or it's literally something like a an experiment that had gone wrong where they few tried to like clone someone, and it's just kind of like almost tried to give birth out of their back or something. See, I thought possession. Okay. Yeah, my brain went straight to possession because. Obviously, it was like demon, and then it was talking through the radio, um, and then it was like yeah, you know, because you see them dragging away like an unconscious child, but you only see the child's legs, but you're aware that they are that those legs belong to a child, like that no adult has those kind of legs unless they're very unfortunate. Like so, I, I when it was like behind the curtain, it was like this demon thing. I was thinking. Oh, okay. She's like possessed. Like that was where I first kind of went, and then, of course, as the story progresses, and then these murders start happening, and then she starts having visions. I'm thinking, is this demon still like a part of her? And then when the whole thing came out about her having that twin that was attached to the back of her, I was like, this makes so much more sense. <laughs> I was like, "Well, that's my theory out the window." There was another thing that kind of that did bother me a little bit: the fact that Dirk threw well, pushed Madison so hard against Walt that her head cracked open, and yet she, when she she did end up in hospital after Dirk dies, it didn't seem as though anyone tried to look tried to stitch the back of her head back up or anything like that. 
Because if your head bleeds like that, like that is literally going to be like a, a bit of a fractured skull. There could be swelling. There could be some damage done to your brain. There could literally like an infection to the skin around it. I mean, you know what? Just like, a quick look. <laughs> Why did no one give a shit about the fucking wound on the back of her head that her fucking like boyfriend slash husband did to her like why is no one talking about this it's the fact that her skull reopens every time like gable takes over and her head bleeds again and it's kind of like pretty sure you'd see a doctor in it pretty sure you should you should have that checked out so i would imagine that just brushing your hair, hair or washing your hair would be enough to you could feel that there would be something no, something a bit scraped open at the back of your head. Every time, like, you know, obviously he would, like, come out of, like, her head, wouldn't he? But, like, why she wouldn't go and see a doctor again about, like, you know, my head keeps kind of bleeding. Um, what's going on here? And, you know, then, of course, they would have discovered gabriel that's the only plot hole that i found <laughs> if they did that then the film would be cut in half <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah that was the only plot hole that i found where it's kind of like really you couldn't have just felt that there was something there and it's kind of like yeah like they'd look into that and then be like okay you're having visions you've split your head open and it keeps bleeding let's have a look at that like <laughs> do you know what i mean but also even though the procedure that was done to her might have been, you know, experimental or whatever, I guess they were trying to keep everything that was going on in the institution under wraps. But surely there would be some sort of record to say that this is how she was born? I think because when she was like eight years old, they probably tampered with the record so that she would get adopted and like go to a different family and then kind of go yeah we're not going to deal with this oh yeah because she would have had uh yeah because she changed her name didn't she yeah because her name was originally emily emily yeah and her mum serena like because you remember her mum serena like dropped her basically off at the institution because you know she she essentially was so indoctrinated into like religion and she was like, you know, I've basically given birth to a monster type thing. Uh, it's also the fact that um, she said that she, this was the result of, because she was only like 15 at the time when she gave birth and said, and it turned out that she had actually been uh, sexually assaulted. And she was like, I cannot live with the fact that this has happened to me. I cannot deal with being a mother at this age and having this this thing be part of me. Yeah. And can you imagine being sexually assaulted, carrying that child and then giving birth and that's your child? That would be fucking, like, killer. That that, that scene did quite, that did upset me quite a bit because I was like, oh my God, she really does look vulnerable because I did like a video interview with her. Yeah, like when, because it was on um, one of the VHS tapes, wasn't it? And that was the first time that Sydney had ever seen like her birth mother because her like her adoptive mother was even like they told me that she died while giving birth and she never knew that she was actually still alive when she was like you know this happened to me and then i gave birth and i have to give it up like because 
this has just completely like destroyed me and my parents think that I'm an abomination against God anyway. Like I was like, wow, like this is this is touching on a lot of things that like actually do happen. It kind of reminded me of um so I had a little like flashback after like I watched that of like um many, many years ago when I lived in India, I went to this thing with uh one of my nannies who was a Christian. And it was like this Christian like get together thing. And, you know, I was just thinking, you know, oh, it's something to do. And I remember one of the mothers that was there and she had like, I think like five children. Like she had a lot of kids. Like, yeah, like children of the corn amount of children. And <laughs> she was saying how like she, like, bearing in mind, I was only like 11. So this is like the first time that I'd ever really heard of anything like this. That when she said that she was pregnant, and she had a miscarriage and i was like what's that and she was like you know oh um it means that the child didn't develop properly and it died and i had to have the child removed and i was like oh wow that's really awful like i'm so sorry and it was the first time i'd ever heard of it and then her reply was god just didn't want me to have a like a sixth child and i was like what yeah and i was like what and that's what that took me back to. I was like, wow, this thing actually, like, is as real as it is being depicted. No wonder people have fucking religious trauma. Yeah, it hits so heavy on so many subject matters in just that one scene. In it. And it does actually really make you feel for her as well, because you, you're kind of made to think, like, oh, she's dead, it doesn't matter. But then when you actually see that, and there's actually a human being that's actually dealing with this. And then she just says, this is actually really, really scary. And very much, she is a child. She's 15 years old. Like, and she's already gone through all of that and having to give her child up because her child is like massively deformed and can't take care of it. And her family won't let her take care of it because it's apparently an abomination. And it's because of what happened to her i'm like that's that's fucked up like however i mean not to me personally but that is something that is very relatable to somebody there is someone out there that has been through that yeah it's just it's the fact there's so many like when it comes to like it hits on a lot of different traumas like sexual assault there's the having a child that is with birth defects and the and being so young dealing with that, but also having religious trauma as well and not having that family support for you in that time of need. That's literally four heavy hitters in one scene and it just In one scene, like and it literally just ticks all of the boxes. But I am kind of in a weird way that I am glad that they kind of put that in there because it does actually really, really make you feel for her. And it does make you think, oh shit, like this isn't because Madison wasn't wanted or anything. It's because this girl was so traumatized that she wanted, because do you remember in like uh, the, the last thing that Serena said was please take care of her and don't let anything bad happen to her. There was like, 
even even though she's giving up her child, she still actually cares. And then, of course, 20 years later, she's tied up in a fucking attic. <laughs> because of Gabriel. Yeah, that was quite the, uh, quite the scene. It's when she, like, like, escaped, and then she falls through the ceiling, and then, like, they're all there after, like, uh, Madison's had, like, um, hypno-regression therapy to try and remember her, like, um, like pre like pre eight years old memories that when she crashes through the ceiling and they're all there i was like excuse me what apparently <laughs> a lot of people had that reaction so like where's the woman that's in like in like a, an industrial scene and then she gets out the ropes and then falls through the fucking ceiling and everyone's like holy shit she was in the house and i was like what what? Hang on. I was like, but also, what are you doing with a giant fan in your attic? Like, like, what? What is that for? I don't know. Maybe it's to do with like making sure no moisture settles in the attic or something like that, like wind flow in there. Maybe something like that. Because I thought that it was in some kind of like what I was originally thinking was, um, you know, the the tunnels, uh, like the old Seattle tunnels. Yeah, that she must have been like tied up in one of them. Yeah, that's what I was originally thinking because, of course, that's all like old and like old timey. And uh, oh, with the cop, uh, what was his name? Kanoa or something? Like it was Kanoa. Yeah, I remember that because it's an unusual name. That when he was chasing Gabriel through the tunnels, and then there was that big room with all the old carriages. I'm thinking mm. that's fucking cool. I wonder if they're actually there, because if, like, if these tunnels are actually, like, a real thing that you can actually go visit, I want to go visit them, because they look fucking cool. I'm curious as well. I'd love to do, like, a little... I'll do with you. Like, I'll go and talk with you on, on the ground section of Seattle. <laughs> and I thought... What I thought was kind of, like, Serena and Madison are obviously made to look quite similar, because obviously Serena's, like, her mother. But, like, at first, when... Um, you first see, like, the guide in the tunnels. I actually thought that that was Madison at first, and then it wasn't until... Little did you know. <laughs> yeah, like, and I was like, hang on a minute, is that her? And then, like, obviously, when she f- fell from the ceiling, and I was like, oh, wait, what? And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, yeah, they are different people. Like, because I kind <laughs> of got a little bit confused the first time because I thought that it was playing in, like, two different timelines because they did look very similar. But then, of course, as the story went on, I then realised, oh, actually, that is her mother. So I was like, oh, okay, this actually makes a lot more sense now. I was curious as to why, like, Madison literally kept the same hairstyle for decades. I thought this exact same thing. I'm like... You kept a full fringe and your, your brown hair all your life. Really? Didn't even think of, like, maybe going blonde or going through a crazy red hair phase, like, at least once. You kept the same hair. Yeah, like, you didn't even put it up in a ponytail or anything like that. Just, you know, a side part thing. No, nothing else. Just literally, like, full-on fringe to the, to the eyebrows and, like, shoulder-length hair. Like, that's, I mean, that's quite impressive. At the same time, there's so many different hairstyles to try out, but... Mm. That's a level of commitment that I aspire to have. <laughs> but I, th- I think the only reason they did that, though, was just for continuity purposes, like, so that you could actually, like, relate it to the child. Because I guess, like, if Madison had, like, a bright red bob now, and then obviously child her had, like, a full fringe and long brown hair, 
that like you wouldn't really relate the two very well. Yeah, yeah, I'll get that. Okay. But like I did kind of, I did actually think that the child like the children that were cast were really, really good because they did actually look very, very similar to the adult actresses. Yeah, I, I have to applaud the uh the casting people for that. Yeah, they actually did like a really, really good job of casting. I don't think there was like one character that was like badly cast like i mean even even like the cop like you know uh kanoa's partner she was hilarious like god yeah she was funny as well i think her name was regina i actually did have a comment for that one as well when she was in the morgue with derek's body and uh, detective k comes in she was fucking eating in the morgue i'm pretty sure you're not allowed to do that (laughs) (laughs) i'm like Surely there's rules around this. I just saw it's because I saw it. And I was like, I'm pretty sure you're not allowed to do that, but that's an interesting character thing to put into that scene to make it interesting. I guess maybe she was just like, hey, I've been on shift for 14 hours. I'm eating. I don't care where I am. I don't give a shit. We know he broke his neck. I'm hungry. <laughs> He's a piece of shit. <laughs> like, there's the bit where she's like in the, um, she's in the interview room and Kanoa's phone rings and then uh, Madison's like, he wants to talk to you. Because, of course, he can only communicate through like radio waves uh, because his part of the brain is like that strong that he communicates through like radio waves and stuff so his phone started ringing that was the only thing that i was a bit like how can he call people like i, I don't know i mean i thought about that as well i thought it might have been to do with the electroshock therapy that that just caused so much like um electrical impulses for him and the fact that really they show a brain that it like it just magnified it could do i mean it's probably one of those things that maybe you're not supposed to look that deep into because obviously it's like you know it's a horror film yeah it's when like he's then talking is like you know it's time to cut out the cancer and then regina's like you have got to be kidding me (laughs) (laughs) so i love regina she's funny And uh, it's like, you know that Boogeyman story that you didn't want it to be? Well, have I got news for you. Can we please talk about the prison cell fight scene and the pretty much like the John Wick shootout in the police station as well? Because those are brilliant scenes. They were both choreographed beautifully.
so good. It was just really unexpected. When you actually see, like, Gabriel just coming out of her skull, I was like, oh my god. <laughs> I was like, it is true. It's all true. Pretty much reacting the same way as all the people in the prison room with her as well. I was like, oh no, oh no, this isn't good. Oh, oh shit, oh fuck. <laughs> And, uh, and it's it's just their progression into just, what the fuck? <laughs> like, <laughs> and like the way that like, because it was that first woman that was like antagonizing her. And then she just kept pushing all the other prisoners in front of her. <laughs> nope, nope. Literally like human shields that are just being absolutely annihilated and hand to hand combat by this person that's moving backwards and smashing the shit out of everyone and uh, like it was an absolute bloodbath and like in the um uh, like in the actual like police office as well when she was just annihilating all the fucking officers in there too and i was like whoa <laughs> like... i know that a lot of that was cgi but i i love the fact that they actually put so much thought into the movements and like ducking and diving from tables and going up the walls and how like uh, Gable used like police officers as like human shields and certain bits and it's just like oh my god I love that scene I'd watch just that scene all over again because of how how well it was done like even though like yes the room was absolutely massive like it looks like it could have been like the police station for the Resident Evil uh, Resident Evil 2 games but it's the fact that it was just so it was almost like um, uh, like almost like a music video like it was almost like dancing together but in a very brutal fashion yeah I get what you mean I get what you mean by that because it was like it was just so well choreographed and like the way that they did all of the like angles and everything and obviously because Gabriel's got his head on like backwards that, like, the way that he was, like, just moving so swiftly, but backwards, I was like, that, that is fucking impressive. Like, that, that is impressive. I'll admit, though, but just from that fight scene alone, I'm pretty sure Madison would, like, would develop, like, early onset arthritis as a result of that fight scene. I mean, I'm surprised that, like... When she would have come to and Gabriel would have, like, you know, gone dormant, that she'd been like, oh, fucking hell, why am I so knackered? Like... <laughs> Just that, like, fucking hell, I feel like I've been to the gym for six hours. Because after doing all of the big moves and everything, I'm like, honey, I, I would need to nap for, like, a week. I'd be like, oh, Jesus Christ, give me a minute, I need to breathe. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, I thought, I thought as well, like, the way that he... Like, because, I mean, this is, this is, like, a me thing of people that move in a very sort of irregular way. Like, it did kind of, like, freak me out, but it also really impressed me. Like, the way that they made Gabriel move. It's kind of almost intricate how they got the character to move like that. And it's kind of like they actually talked about, not the hand being upside down. Like, when they said Derek's... Um, uh, and they found Derek's body and they said the handprints are on, so what was the killer on the ceiling? And it's like little details like that where it's backwards, his hands would be upside down. That must have taken like a lot of training to do because 
it's it's one thing having to do all of those moves forward facing as you normally would but it's another thing to do them forward facing and look like you're going backwards that's that's a whole other thing like i can imagine the way that they would do that choreography they would have had because i'm guessing it probably was a stunt double that did it but i think they would have had to have gotten somebody like um oh what was his name he's a very famous actor that was in he does a lot of things for because he can move his body in really weird ways what's his name was he a mama i think think he was uh doug jones oh no that's uh, that's someone else yeah he was yeah he's been in a lot of stuff like he, yeah he's got an interesting movement pattern yeah like he can move his body in like such weird kind of contortionist ways because he was also one of the angels that was in was it demons no what was legion it, it, was... it was legion legion that's what it was and he was one of the angels in that that wasn't CGI. That that was his arms. That was like mental. I reckon he probably would have been really good at that, but I doubt that it was him because he wasn't because Gabriel wasn't near tall enough. Because Doug Jones is tall. Yeah, he's built like a like a runner bean. <laughs> yeah, like he actually is though. <laughs> like he's very very tall and very very thin. Mm. But like, yeah, I thought that the way that they choreographed, the way that Gabriel moved, as opposed to like Madison, because obviously Madison would have just moved as a normal human being but the way that like gabriel would you know jump off of ledges and like swing also the way that he would actually like fight people doing it all backward facing that would have taken a lot of training i think that the way that they did that was just really really well done like i honestly couldn't really fault it i mean there were some bits cgi wise that i thought could have used a bit of finesse like you know when um madison would have the vision of being like in someone's house when they were being murdered oh yeah and like that like it would kind of like the, the room would meld into another room yeah the way that it would like mold and it kind of looked like it was like melting in water but like i don't know there was just something about it that i was like that could have been done a lot better that was that was like really my only gripe was when the visions were happening, the CGI wasn't actually that good. But I think because the story itself was really good that you just kind of look past it. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that one because, I'm like, you know, mate, I absolutely love practical effects. But I think the CGI on that scene were kind of... Yeah, there could have been a little bit more, like a little bit more detailed, but I thought it kind of worked well for it. Like it showed the change in not every object and not every little detail in that room. Yeah, it could have been a little bit more polished, but it, like you said, it was still very, it was still really well done. Like you can see everything. Yeah, like I think it just could have maybe used with a little more finesse more than anything because I think. The way that the visions were portrayed was good, but I think the CGI just could have done with maybe just like a little bit more work. Um, But in terms of like the CGI with Gabriel, like because you know, like obviously Madison can see Gabriel in like the third person. I think I think that's the right 
the right term of phrase, you know, but she can see him as like another person. And like, he's just kind of like this black looming shadow. And like, yeah, I was, I was thinking like the way they did that was kind of good because it didn't really give you any sort of like any more sort of like ideas as to who he actually was. But when they showed his face the first time, I was like, what the fuck? Because <laughs> like, obviously Gabriel, he, he don't look right. He don't look well. Yeah, he, he looks like he, he um, oh God, it, it looks like what I'd imagine a mutated mouldy mashed up meatball with eyes and teeth would look like <laughs> that was actually the most accurate description i could think of <laughs> <laughs> yes just mashed up meatball and bolognese with an eyeball and teeth no wonder he talks through the radio yeah like i was just thinking like it was scary but at the same time when he like reveals himself as you know, be in the back of Madison's head. I was like, oh, actually, now that makes a lot more sense. Because obviously they had to cut out, like, a load of him and suppress him back into Madison's brain. So, of course, he looks a little bit brainy. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was like, no, that that works out. That works out. But, like, I did think his little chicken arms were quite hilarious. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to, like... Um... Because he what hadn't formed properly, I suppose with his like his arms, like they were they would look a little bit stringy, like bony, because there wouldn't be much development for him for his limbs. Yeah, when when you see uh, like in the first scene and he's like being like electrocuted behind the curtain, you can see his outline bit. I was like, <laughs> chicken arms. <laughs> that was the first thing I thought was his arms just looked like chicken wings. <laughs> Dear. At least you didn't look at it and go, mm, chicken wings now. <laughs> Honestly, like me and my fat ass, like fucking just looked at this and thought, oh, his arms look like chicken wings. <laughs> it's when you sit there and think, mm, I wonder how that takeaway is sliping down the road. <laughs> <laughs> get yourself the chicken wings and think of Gabriel. <laughs> <laughs> go get some G wings. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> oh, the bit, like, I thought the bit that I actually found, like, not, like, massively uncomfortable, but that really kind of, like, actually shocked me was, you know, like, towards the end where, like, Serena's obviously in hospital after she'd fallen from the bloody ceiling. Yeah. And she was in hospital and Sydney then went to the hospital because she thought that she was going to, like, be next. And then, like, um, she gets, like, do you remember, like, Gabriel throws, like, the hospital bed. And let's, let's remember, hospital beds are not fucking light. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, those things like, are heavy as fucking tanks, usually. Because, uh, yeah, they're meant to be heavy. <laughs> and... And I'm like, y'all just swung that? Okay. Okay. <laughs> and um, he, like, crushed Sydney. Now, I thought that it was going to be one of those things from... Oh, what was that film? Scary Movie 3 took the piss out of it. You know where the girl's, like, cut in half by the car? Oh, yeah, she's just there, like... Yeah, yeah, it was uh, Scary Movie 3, I think? Yeah, Scary Movie 3, and Charlie Sheen's wife gets, like cut in half with the car and the car is basically holding her together but that scene is based from a film 
but I can't remember the name of the film. The Signs. The Signs? Yep. Okay. Um, I thought that when Gabriel pushed that fucking hospital bed into Sydney, that that was going to be Sydney, that she was literally going to be fucking cut in half because those beds are so fucking heavy. God, that would have been a bit of a moment. I mean, honey, what a way to go. Like, <laughs> like what happened? Cut in half by a hospital bed. Wow. <laughs> but like, it was when Gabriel like fucking shot her. I was like, no, not Sydney, not Sydney. And then you realize that actually Madison made him imagine that he shot Sydney, but actually he didn't. And I was like, bitch. <laughs> yeah, because it was such a shock to see him like holding a gun to her head and then like, sh- and her being shot. But I love her reaction when she's like just like under the hospital bed and Gabe is like holding the gun to her head and she's just waiting to be shot and then she opens her eye and realises that Gabe is just sort of like stuck in that position because he's trapped mentally and it's just kind of the fuck is going on? <laughs> like, because I was like, like, because, you know, she's just there like, are you going to shoot me? Or like, and then was just looking at her and he's just staring at her with his fucking meatball face. And then he's <laughs> just like, with a fucking gun to her. And she's just like, uh, what are you going to, are you not? <laughs> like, I, I did, I did kind of think that that was a bit comical. But like when Madison is like, you know, now I can trap you and you're never coming out. And he's like, I'll find a way out again. And she's like, and then next time I'll know how to deal with you. So you're basically never going to come out again. It's that whole sort of like, foiled again type thing where it's like, no. And it's like, eh, dick. Because it's like, what I like, I mean, they do make it known to you that obviously if she dies, he dies. But then if he dies, she dies. Because obviously they share the same like brain, so like when people were like shooting at Gabriel, I was I was kind of like, yeah, get him, and then the other half of me was like, no, don't. <laughs> yeah, because I show that bit where um um what's that Detective K shoots Gabriel and Madison feels it and it's kind of like oh oh shit this isn't good and uh yeah because then she's aware that she's now been shot and then it's like oh shit that fucking hurt. I do have one question. Yeah. So, you know, in the hospital room when uh, where Detective K runs in and Gabe throws that stupid trophy knife thing into 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 the detective and he's like on the floor bleeding. Do you think he survived that? Because it looked it looked quite close to his heart. <laughs> I think you're um, so I was actually thinking this. I think you're just supposed to assume that everyone got out alive. OK. Uh, kind of like in, you know, the end of Sweeney Todd, where Sweeney Todd gets his throat slit by the boy and then he runs off. But then like you that's literally the end of the film. You don't hear what happens to Emily or the little boy. It's like you're just supposed to assume that they got away. OK, OK. Yeah, I'll get that. That's what I got anyway. But I think like if he was still alive by the ending of the film you're just supposed to assume that he got out alive yeah i I do feel quite sorry for madison's birth mother because imagine so you give birth to an unwanted child at 15 that has fed 
about two decades later, you end up with being kidnapped by one of them, strung up in someone's attic and then fall through the fucking ceiling, wake up from a yeah. small coma in hospital to find that he is literally still running around knifing people in the hospital room that you are in and then you witness your daughter push the, the skull back together to force the son back in and then you see her and her doctor and her uh, uh, her sister that she's adopted into yeah. reconcile the differences. Imagine that the amount of fucking therapy you have to go through after all that mess. How long a space was it? It was like five days or something, wasn't it? Yeah, so not that, I think. And I'm like, imagine that being the space that this is all happening to you. I, I'd need fucking therapy after that. Like, if you thought you needed therapy as a child... You're going to need therapy now. I mean, they all need fucking therapy at this point. The, the birth mother, the adoptive mother, Sydney, Madison needs God knows how much therapy. And uh, Detective K is probably going to need it as well after everything he's witnessed. Oh, my God. <laughs> Ma- Madison needs all of the therapy. I mean, after like fighting backwards for all joints and everything, she'll definitely need physical therapy at the very least. Oh my god, with all of the bloody, like, fighting that, like, Gabriel was doing, you'd probably need, like, physical therapy. And it's like, it's when, like, he's, like, cracking her knuckles backwards that, like, I was a bit like, oh, oh no, less of that, please. I'm just thankful that the feet didn't turn backwards. (laughs) Yeah, I am thankful for that, actually. Because it's bad enough where you can feel when you ankle, you've rolled your ankle, you crack it too hard, that's bad enough. But the thought of someone's feet turning the wrong way and running that way, it just, it, no. No, I think, I think that would have gone too far. <laughs> for me, anyway. But I think, yeah, that would have definitely gone way too far. Yeah, I, I would not have been comfortable with that one for some reason. Like, it just, uh, 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 no. Yeah, no, absolute, absolutely not. I think I'll pass on that one. <laughs> like, fucking limbs going backwards, like, freaks me out at the best of times, let alone... Like, when, when they're just, like, turning backwards. But if, if feet start going backwards and there's crab walking, no. It's kind of like, like I can deal with like, the, the arms and the fingers going backwards, but as soon as you come feet, nope. 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 Because you get people that are, like, double-jointed, like, in the arms and, like, the hands and stuff. That's fine. But, like, your feet are not supposed to do that. Yeah, I, I do recommend that people watch this film just from the insanity of it, the, uh, the, the architecture, the characters and just the, the fight scenes, just all of it. I recommend all, everything in this film. Honestly, yes. Like everyone does need to watch this film. It is it's the right amount of like jump scare, a bit creepy. Also a little bit ridiculous and over the top. And, you know, it's got mad scientists, a little bit of body horror. It's got, like, paranormal sort of factors in it. Like, it's it's definitely, definitely worth a watch. Yeah, I, yeah, I can't. It's very, it's been a while since I've watched, like, a, a 
recent-ish film that's actually made me go, I'd watch this again. Oh, definitely. I would I would happily watch Malignant again. Happily. Um, and a lot of, like, modern horror films, I absolutely... I don't have the patience or the time for them. I mean, I watched Bodies, Bodies, Bodies the other day, and it was just such fucking millennial bullshit. I don't understand why people like it so much. I haven't seen it yet, so don't ruin it for me. <laughs> it's it's awful. <laughs> God. It's awful. It's it's so bad. And do you know what? I didn't even really figure out the ending. So if you figure out the ending, do tell. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't really have anything else to say about this film. No, I think we actually unpacked everything to do with that film, to be honest. All the hilarity and the scares and the twists and the, and the mad scientists and the, and the meatball with the eyes and the teeth. <laughs> I'm not going to stop thinking about it now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah just, just meatball with the eyes and teeth. Oh, it's going to be up there with the bread slicer death. Just meatballs and teeth and bread slicing, that's it. <laughs> Essentially, yes. So, where can our lovely listeners find you? They can find me on Instagram at the Clara Fawn. That's Clara with a K and Fawn spelled F A W N. Fantastic, and it's lovely to have you back on this one. Always a pleasure, never a chore. But yeah, it was. Oh, it was lovely discussing this film with you. fantastic episode as always if you enjoyed this week's episode make sure to share it on your socials and if you would like to help us you can always rate and review our podcast wherever you hear it you can also help out by joining our patreon for three pound a month for that you get credited in each episode there's also a bonus episode you can recommend movies for us to watch and you also get a personalised thank you message for being supportive to, to this podcast. You can do that by going to patreon.com forward slash caffeinatedmonsters. And if you'd like to update your wardrobe, you can always go to our merch stores as well on Redbubble. Redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash caffeinatedm forward slash shop. If you would like to, we also have a spreadshirt store as well. If you'd like to go to caffeinatedmonsters.myspreadshop.co.uk You can always find us on Instagram, Facebook and the Slasher app as well.